Thank you, Taylor. Beautiful voice and a beautiful song. And how wonderful is his mercy. Isn't that the song? Praise God for that. Uh, Two weeks ago, I spoke about Peter. And the subject was breakfast with Jesus. Do you remember that? And uh, we... um, I said, well, there are a few points I did not cover that day that I'd like to cover in the future. But many people stopped me and said, we'd like to hear about those things very soon. So, (laughs) I'd like to say uh, that soon is today. And uh, we're going to try and uh, finish the study about Peter. There are so many things to cover about Peter. This is... Uh, only a glimpse that we will have, and we thank God that we have a personality like his personality that uh, has so many traits like ours. And uh, we are thankful that we can open the Bible and study the history and the lives of the men and women of God. Uh, let's open our Bibles to John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 21. In order not to repeat myself, but they had breakfast with Jesus that morning that he prepared for them. Fish that he caught. And uh, uh, verse 15 uh, So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him then, tend my sheep. May the Lord bless his word. If we were to uh, give a title to the message today, the Peter Part 2 is not a good title, but Peter the Fisher of Men. Peter the Fisher of Men. Three years have passed since the first meeting with Jesus and his calling Peter and the disciples. Regardless what happened in between these three years, Jesus' main purpose for this breakfast was to reinstate Peter to his original place and to send him with the disciples to the biggest commission the world has ever known. His love does not change. That's Jesus He remains the same. He does not leave his own, nor 
forsake them. And we are comforted this morning to know that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen to that? All right. Since the first day that Peter met Jesus, he was singled out. As a rock. Jesus called him a rock. A rock of strength for all the others around him. He was a natural born leader. And quickly became the spokesman of the whole group. Yet, with all his self-confidence and boldness, we can always see through the life of Peter that he was a teachable person in spite of his past. We know uh, that he had so many things. He was the first to talk. Actually, when the Lord was walking on water, he was the first one who says, call me so I can walk on, on water like you. You know, he was, he would like to imitate his man. There's nothing wrong with that. And we know the story of walking on water that he went down. And he told him at a certain stage in his life, even though all may fall away, yet I will not. Remember that? It's in Mark chapter 14, 29. And Peter once insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. I'm repeating this so we can see how the love of God toward him and us all. He was the first one to express his thoughts and he took actions. One of them action when the uh, soldiers came to get Jesus at Gethsemane. He took his sword and what happened? And he cut the ear and said, no one is going to touch my Jesus. You know, I'm here to defend him. And But the Lord Jesus says, Peter, put your sword back. And he took the ear and put it back where it belongs because he created it. Remember that. He was rebuked many times. But I say he was teachable. Remember that. And uh, he never said anything. He accepted the rebuke from the Lord. And continued to be with the Lord. Continued to be Peter as we know him. But the true, true secret of his spiritual leadership can be seen in his growth later on in life. As he remains sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. After that encounter that morning. At the shores of Tiberias. There. When Jesus was speaking to him. He broke down completely. And when he answered the last question, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. And if we were to be asked the same question three times for the Lord, I think we'd do uh, more than what he did. He says, don't you trust me anymore? But he didn't know that the Lord 
was trying to reinstate him there. Was trying to give him the greatest responsibility a man can have in life. Which is to go out and preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no greater responsibility. Nor a greater honor. Or an enormous task. Than carrying the word of God and taking it to the whole world. This is why when he gathered the disciples afterwards and he gave them that great commission and he told them, all authority has been given to me. And you know the word authority as we heard uh, about it from our brother Hugo Exousias. Remember that? I'm giving you no authority above my authority and go and take that work I'm giving you. Take that responsibility and preach, teach, and baptize, and go to the whole world. And guess what? When Jesus speaks, we should, we should hear it. May the world stop and hear what Jesus says. Go to the world. Did the gospel reach the whole world? Yes or no? Did we see Christianity taking all over the world? Yes. And we are thankful that we are Christians because of that great commission that started there. He proved to the whole world, Peter, his love and courage after that meeting and loyalty to his Savior by going forth and leading these men. He led them. The one who went and hid himself and wept bitterly that night. Why the Lord was letting people take him to crucify him. He had in mind as a big leader. He had in mind as a, as a, a great, a great uh, savior of the world. But he never thought that there is something to do before that. There's a cross to bear. There's a penalty to pay. And there's a sin to be forgiven. And Peter, as if he was complaining, why? Why? And if the Lord were talking to Peter when he took him that morning, and he was talking to him, said, Peter, never mind. Do we read in the Bible that the Lord said, Peter, why did you deny me? When you find this question by the Lord, come and see me. He did not see it there. He did not hear it, I rather say. And we don't see it. He didn't say, Peter, before I do anything, I want before I ask you, you love me, we have, we have to settle some accounts. Don't we do that ourselves? Oh, we have to settle some accounts. We have to hash it. The Lord did not do that. He does not do that. The Lord is merciful. We heard about that in the song. The, law, the Lord forgives us when we repent. And when we repent, he does not bring up the past anymore. Christian, Christian, if there is any thought of the past bothering you, 
if there's anything that Satan is coming and whispering to you right now while sitting here in the congregation, may I ask you to tell Satan, get behind me. Get off my bus. You are not welcome here. Jesus died on my sin on the cross of Calvary. And Peter asked him, but why, Lord, why? Why, Lord, I, I, I am... He said, I had to go there. I have to go there to die for your sins. I have to go there. And he had to go there to pay for every sin, for every denial, for every doubt, for everything we have done. It's paid, settled, wiped out. And we are children of God. And we are on our way to enter heaven without any condemnation. That's how he dealt with Peter that morning. No past Peter. Do you love me? You know, I love you, Lord. You mean uh, you're going to forget that I denied you? What are you talking about? Why? We hear Peter went outside after his denial. What did he do? He repented and wept. What? Bitterly. Matthew chapter 26. And wept bitterly. God sees your tears. God sees your heart. And if you have repented from your sins, he said, I will remember it no more. How about all my iniquities? They're wiped out and taken care of. And now, now he asks each and every one of us. And that's the challenge for us this morning still. That's the challenge. Do you love me? The word, if you love me, that means you have to serve me. Do you love me, Peter? I have a job for you. You mean, I still, I'm still valid? I'm still okay? And that's my first, second point. What lessons do we learn from this encounter? Failure. Put that down. Failure does not disqualify you from serving Jesus. Now, if we are to sit and talk about my failures, I have to put the microphone here, go down the steps, and sit there. I'm the first one. And if there's one, someone here amongst us says, I had no failures in my life. Well, he is like Jesus Christ. So Jesus is visiting us. Thank God we have him in the spirit. <laughs> what did... What did Paul say? I'd rather be proud of my infirmities. I have nothing to offer. If there's anything I'm proud of, I'm proud of my infirmities. And I confess them. And we have confessed our sins. We have repented. Christian, you came to the cross of Calvary. And there Jesus Christ said, it is done. It is finished. Your sins are forgiven. Don't live with guilt anymore. I challenge you this morning. Don't let Satan disturb you anymore and bother you. We are not here to be walking as defeated Christians, but as victorious Christians. Because we serve a living and victorious Savior. Jesus then, okay, I'm going to commission you. I'm going to commission you, he said this morning, 
And we, and this is the restoration of Peter. Peter knew it. I'm going to commission you, go, Peter. And he told him two words. Follow me. Follow me. Following Jesus is a great privilege. It's a great honor, but it has some responsibilities. If anyone, what the Bible says in Luke, if anyone desires to come after me, let him first deny himself. Second, take up the cross daily and follow me. Peter, you're willing. You're willing. That's why so many people, they say, oh, I want to follow Jesus. I want to go after him. And then the very first encounter or test they have to deny themselves is, oh, I wasn't born for this. That's too much. Are you? Are we? Peter, are you willing to follow me? Are you willing to give old Peter? Are you willing to give everything and follow me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me more than these? And I want you to, I want to use your imagination this morning with me. Do, do you love me more than these? The very first question says, do you love me more than these? What do you think these were when, when the Lord asked him? It's not, well, it's like a Bible study, but I will, I will try to answer it. Okay. Probably he said more than these, the disciples. There were six of them, right? People, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Come and serve me. Don't put anything ahead of me. He could have looked at the boat. Well, what was, what was Peter? Fisherman, right? What were they? Fishermen. And what did Peter do that day? He says, I'm going fishing. He loved to fish. Peter, do you love me more than the boat? More than fishing? There's nothing wrong with fishing. Don't get me wrong. It's a good R&R to go fishing if you love fishing. Like doing sports. Nothing wrong. But do you love me more? Are you putting this? Do you love me more than the net? Do you love me more than that? Fishing gear. Do you love me more than this? Which is your heart. Do you love me more than your job? Do you love me more than your family? Do you love me more than your husband? Do you love me more than your wife? Do you love, do I have the preeminence in your life, Peter? There's a lot to pay. Let him deny himself. You're qualified. Do you? What is holding you? Peter left everything, threw the nets aside. He threw the, the, uh, the boat aside. I, never, I don't think he ever went back to the boat. Do you think with me? Unless he wanted one day to go and have some fresh fish that he couldn't find. Right? Like us. You know? He went back and he said, okay, I'll get some fish. And he could have remembered, don't you think? Peter, while serving the Lord, he said, Oh, what a promotion I had. 
Don't you think it's a promotion to serve the Lord and be a fisher of men than fisher of fish? Oh, what a promotion. What a privilege to be found serving the Lord. People look down at pastors and servants and say, Oh, is this your job? Yeah, they don't know that it is the greatest job under the sun. The greatest calling under the sun. And this is why he had the breakfast. This is why he gathered them all. He wanted to feed them physically, yes. But spiritually, he was reminding them of his calling to them. He was reminding them, do you remember three years ago? I went and called you. Do you remember remember Matthew? You were Levi. What were you? A tax collector. What are you now? I said, I work for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was trying to remind them about the calling. And here's the Lord and the Holy Spirit today. He is reminding you about your calling. I don't know when you got saved. Is it five years? Is it three years? Is it 20 years? Is it 10 years? Whatever it is, the Lord is reminding you of your calling. What did he call you for? And somewhere along the line, you fell. You had some failures. We all had some failures. And I'm not pointing finger at anyone. And you reach a certain point and says, this is not for me. I don't want this. I don't want this responsibility. I know I have a responsibility. I will call someone. I'll call Edo. I said, Edo, I cannot do it from now anymore. I receive these calls. And sometimes it's legitimate. But sometimes you're down on your luck. But as they say. And you find that you have failed the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am in a such a way after what's happening to us and to me and to my family. And I cannot do this responsibility, I cannot serve anymore. Oh, this is why Jesus was there that morning. He wasn't there to point fingers at them. And why are they on the shores going fishing and following Peter? He was there to tell them, listen, I love you so much. And I know, I know you went through a lot by my crucifixions. But here I am alive. I am alive for you. I am risen And I want to give you another chance. This is why we call him the God of a second chance. If you are in that situation this morning, with tears I call you. Jesus is calling you to give you another chance. Not one, but two and three. He gave them to me. That's why I'm standing before you. That's why I can talk about it with conviction in my life and in my heart. I make mistakes on a daily basis. And if I don't make these mistakes on a daily basis, I am not idle. And I thank God he forgives me. And he is willing to forgive you and give you another chance. What is it that is holding you? What is it, Peter, that doesn't tell you, go and follow me. Follow me, follow me to the end. What is it? Is it the job? Is it, well... Everything today, what we talk about is, well, the economic condition. Okay, there is a condition in our, in our, in the world, not in our country only. But that should not stop you from serving the Lord. That should not stop you from serving the Lord. And that should, in, au contraire, in the contrary, that should give you uh, an impetus to go and serve God more.
and throw yourself at his feet. Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He found the disciples at the shores of Tiberias. They did not go after him. He went after them. And he will go after you. He will not leave you until he puts you on your own feet and starts serving him and you and giving him the glory. He accepted the responsibility. And with his first challenge, they got the Holy Spirit. He gave a message. Peter, he preached a message for the whole world to see. And from his message, how many people were saved? 3,000 people. 3,000 people. And you know what he mentioned in his message? Repent. Repent. Verse 38, chapter 2, verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, forgiveness. Was it in his life? Is it in his life? Repent and forgiveness. from, And he used the past, not to put him down. Don't take the experience that you fell in in the past to take it down. He used it to preach it to the world. He used his weakness to use it as a subject to ask them, repent, I have repented. And every time Peter said, uh, used to preach, repent, guess what? I remember. Forgiveness, I remember him. And guess what? Remember that. When you repented, God forgave you and go preach it. Do you think... Peter, when he, when he sees a little fire going and visiting the Christians and sees a little fire or attending a campfire, when he looks at the fire, what would he see? What would he remember? There by the fire, I denied him. But now, I use the fire now to bring him closer to him. I look at the fire to warm myself in Jesus Christ. I look at the fire to get him to know me more. And use me in a better way. Don't you think that every morning when if he is in the countryside, he, he hears the cock crow? What would he remember? What would he remember? He would remember the agonizing night when he denied the Lord. But he wouldn't use it for that. He wouldn't use it. I know he forgave me. And he will use it to get up in the morning and praise God and go forward. Here he is with John who loved him so much. Here he is going into the temple in chapter 3 and a certain man had been lame from his mother's womb. And he wanted to get some alms. He wanted to get a dinar or some kind of an arm. But Peter said to him, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Walk. Walk. Reminds me of my grandson, Jordan. Every time he sees me because I take him for a walk, he says, walk. (laughs) He says, Papa, walk. And Peter had no other thing to tell him. I don't have money. You see me. But he had something Greater than that, he gave him healing. This is the man who denied Christ. But with Christ, failure does not disqualify you 
from serving the Lord. So Christian this morning, this afternoon rather, if you think you are disqualified, let Satan tell the Satan you are a liar. I repent at this very moment if you haven't repented. And I want to take the challenge. I wanted to take my cross and follow you. Amen? Second thing. And last. Spiritual warfare accompanies your service. Okay. We're on our way. We want to serve the Lord. But what's this warfare? What is this warfare? Christians, I tell you this morning. In every ministry, there is a warfare. There is a war going today between God and the world. And the devil has been after God's children since the beginning of this world. But we have a promise. In this world, you shall have, but be of good cheers. I have overcome the world. Regardless of the warfare. Sometimes he fights us in our own health. Right? We have so many sick people. He fights, doesn't want them to come to church. But guess what? They are going to be healed and they are going to come to church. And we know. We know that he doesn't have the last word. The last word is for the Lord Jesus Christ. After delivering this man from... Uh, And healing him. He started jumping. The man walked, by the way. It's not not that Peter sent him to the pharmacy next door. Take some pills. And they might work. They might not. Today we we start with one antibiotic. It doesn't work. We try another one. With Jesus, it's one word. Walk. He walked. But they didn't like it. The devil didn't like it. And there's a a, a big warfare going. Get them. The Sanhedrin, the the whole council, they got them all together. Catch them. Put your hands around them and tell them not to speak in that name anymore. Are we we facing this? In In some countries today, they cannot mention the word of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And in Iran today, they caught a servant of God And they want to hang him. Because he testifies about the salvation of Jesus Christ. They don't have the last word. Many martyrs died for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why Christianity today is alive and well in the world. The warfare could be at your house. Within your heart. In your family. In your children, there is warfare going on. But you know what they answered them? He said, okay, we cannot beat them. They didn't do anything. They didn't steal. They didn't kill anybody. But we will warn them. In chapter 4, he said, we will warn them not to open their mouth anymore. Let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. What name are we talking about? Name of Jesus. May the name of Jesus be on every lip, on every mouth, in every household, in every place. The name of Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can save. No one else. 
He said, he said, Peter and John, where did you get this courage, Peter? They answered, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. They remembered. They saw him. They saw Golgotha. They met with him. They talked to him. He encouraged them. And he sent them in a powerful way. We cannot stop talking. Oh, children of God. Christians. Don't let anyone intimidate you not to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. God saved you. We have repented. We have come to him. His forgiveness is all over you. And go and let us preach, teach and baptize until the end of the world. Until we see him. In spite of persecution, in spite of what they did to them, they did not care at all. They continued to do his job. Do you love me more than these? Let's go back to this. And this is the question for you and me today. Do you love me more than these? Or more than the things that you have in your closet? Or the things that you love most? Or anything, do you love me more than these? You say, Lord, I love you, yes. I love you more than anyone else. Then his answer, what was it? Follow me. Serve me. Serve me. You're qualified. No one who's accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, no one who met Jesus at Calvary, is disqualified from serving the Lord. Do you agree with that? This is what the... And this is why you are not disqualified whatever, in whatever capacity you have. You, I'm not saying you be a preacher or a teacher. Whatever God has given you. And you know there is a certain gift that you have that you can reach your fellow man and woman. And use it and honor God in your life. And you know my word, I will honor those who honor. May these precious words, follow me, be engraved in our hearts. Peter left everything and followed Jesus. They went into the world and they never thought of their jobs again. They never thought of what they were doing. I'm not asking you to leave your job. Don't get me wrong. We need our jobs and the Lord gave you this job. The Lord gave you this job. Don't you ever misunderstand that at all. And he, through it, we have our living. But let us not put it before our God. Let's not put him. Uh, who's first should be Jesus Christ. Go work hard. And if you want to play, play hard. And if you go, if you have a sportsman, play it hard. But, but, and a big but. Never put it before the Lord your Savior. Addison Richards, a man of God, has described the experiences of Peter and the disciples with Jesus the three years in a, such a, a nice uh, poem. And when I read it, I had tears in my eyes. And I said, 
it appeals, it appealed to me, and I said, I want to read it to the church this Sunday when I preach this message. One thing Peter did before I did uh, that, the man who was challenged to shepherd the sheep, do you think he shepherded them well? You know, Lord willing, after the studies, we finish the study in Ephesians, we want to study First and Second Peter. And you know what he says in First Peter chapter 5? And I want to address the elders this morning, and I know Mike uh, is listening. I exhort, he says, the elders among you, Chapter 5, verse 1. And that's Peter. That's Peter, our man. As your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ. And a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God. He said, shepherd shepherd the flock of God among you. Not under compulsion, but voluntarily. According to the will of God. And not for sordid gain but with eagerness. May God help us. Nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. O shepherd, the flock. And to the flock, he says, he says, you younger men subject to your elders and all of you Close yourselves with the humility toward another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Be on the alert, he says. We are going to face great wars, but be on the alert. And what he says, your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. to devour. But what does he say? Resist him. Resist him. He is going to try and erase what you heard this morning. Resist him and stick to the Lord. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory will himself perfect you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. Love the Lord. And when you say, I love the Lord, that means I want to serve you. Let's go serve him. And here's, here's the poem. I owned a little boat a while ago. If some people have boats, I have, I'm not against them, okay? Yeah. A while ago. And sailed the morning sea without a fear. And whither any breeze might fairly blow, I steered my little craft far or near. Mine was the boat, and mine the air, and mine the sea, nor mine a care. I'm I'm the master of my boat. My boat became my place of mighty toil, I sailed at evening to the fishing ground. At morn my boat was freighted with the spoil, 
which my all-conquering work had found. Mine was the boat, and mine the net, and mine the skill and power to get. One day, there came along that silent shore, while I met, while I, my net, was casting in the sea, a man who spoke as never as no man before. I followed him. New life began in me. Mine was the boat, but his the voice and his the call, yet mine the choice. Ah, it was a fearful night out on the lake, and all my skill availed not at the helm, till him asleep I waked, crying, Take thou the helm, lest water overwhelm, and his the boat, and his the sea, and his the peace over all and me. Once from the boat, he taught the curious throng, then bade me cast my net into the sea. I murmured, but obeyed. Not was it long before the catch amazed and humbled me. His was the boat, and his the skill, and his the catch, and his my will. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, take our hearts and lives this morning. Help us to give you everything. All our wills, all our boats, everything we own, put it at your feet and help us to serve you. Help us not to think of our failures, but of what you can do through people like us. As we have studied a glimpse of Peter's life, may our lives be like his. May we imitators be imitators of the great men of God who left us to live forever with you. Until that day, when we meet you and meet them, Lord, put in us the heart of service, the heart of love to say, Lord, you know we love you. Help us to obey you and live doing your will. May we mention the ones who are not with us this morning, that you be with them. If they are sick, heal them. Those who are working, be them, be with them and bring them back to us safely. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.